0: overall that the conversation has changed people are listening people are getting what ableism is you know what discrimination wow. is towards people with disability they're seeing that that bad reporting around disability is quite similar to um bad reporting around racism and homophobia mm. and stuff
1: it gets better because it has to get are listening to the Made of Human podcast. I am Sophie Hagen. I am your host. And if you're listening for the first time, this podcast is a podcast in which I speak to just cool, inspiring, nice, interesting people about life. Uh, I initially set out to find out how to do life, how to be an adult person and then realized, you know what, not a lot of people actually know how to do that. So now we just kind of share stories about um how weird and difficult and fun life can sometimes be. I think that might be the first time in my life I've ever insinuated that life was ever fun, (laughs) which says all you need to know about me. Hi, I am uh, talking at you from Melbourne. Uh, I'm jet laggy. I'm so jet laggy. Uh, My head is weird. and There's something super strange about being on the other side of the world. Uh, Just... And you know what it is, it's, um, <laughs> I can't really comprehend that I am so much of an adult that they allow me to travel this far. <laughs> that's, that's, that's where I am with this. I find it weird that at some point in some airport, someone should have been like, wait, you're Sophie Hagen, you shouldn't be allowed to travel, you're not an adult yet, you don't know how to do life, so why are you putting why are we putting you on a plane huh like what how how is this responsible behavior so I feel weird and uh I feel like this might um reflect that (laughs) the fact that I'm a bit just a bit all over the place but I'm um I brought my recording equipment so I'm going to talk to people in Melbourne and already it's proven to be not just people living in Melbourne it's people from all over the world who happen to be in Melbourne during this month so uh, yeah, I'll, uh, and a lot of the people I get to talk to are people that you, the listeners, have recommended to me, which I love. Like it's so great when you message someone and you say, "Can you do my podcast?" And it's mainly because a lot of people want you to do it, and it's not just me; it's uh, everyone. And the guest I have on today is Carly Findlay, and uh, she's are oh, extraordinary, like super, super cool. I am. Um, I had no idea she existed until you you told me about her. And then I looked her up and I was like, she is perfect for this podcast. Of course, of course, of course, she should do it. And I'm so happy that she wanted to do it and that she did do it. So I hope you um, thoroughly enjoy uh, this episode with Kylie Finlay. First, I quickly want to say um, I will be doing live episodes of the Made of Human podcast at the Soho Theatre in July, at McCunlith Festival in May, at Brighton Fringe also in May. Uh, I will put up uh, ticket links on the madeofhumanpodcast.com website where you can, and that's Mopad, M-O-H-P-O-D.com or madeofhumanpodcast.com, where you can also buy a Mopad t-shirt, which you can appropriately uh, wear at the recordings. I just have to say, I always say the t-shirts, like you can get Mopad uh, merchandise, all sorts. Like you can get like, uh, someone bought a t-shirt for a dog You can get a tote bag, you can get um, a hat and a mug, like lots of cool stuff. I don't know if a mug is cool, who's ever described a mug as cool, but you can get stuff on the madeofhumanpodcast.com website, where you can also um, find links for like Twitter and Facebook, you can sign up for the newsletter to be told about future live episodes, like tickets and stuff uh, for for the live episodes. And uh, you can also find the ticket links for these places. And what you can also do, can you tell that I'm a bit <clears throat> jet laggy? You can go to the Acts of Disobedience site. I'm going to, uh, because I'm a bit all over the place and because I'm in uh, Melbourne and um, I basically have to record uh, quite a few intros for the next couple of episodes because I have very limited access to Wi-Fi, um, I won't, I'm, I'm just not doing the Acts of Disobedience for a couple of episodes. Um also, because we're running out, like you haven't sent them in enough, okay? So the act of disobedience is if you've done something to kind of um, uh, you've stuck it to the man, you've uh, you've uh, you've resisted, you've done something. I mean, fuck it, even illegal stuff—that's fine. I'm I'm okay with that. Uh, you know, an example is the first guest we had. the first um, uh, the first act of disobedience we ever had was a woman who was uh, harassed in the street from uh, some men in an open car but she just bought a six pack of coke so she uh uh sugared, opened it and threw it into the car like stuff like that that is what we want so go to uh, com and submit your act of disobedience and uh I will I promise to get back to it and read it on future episodes because it's one of my favorite things to do so i think that's all you need to know uh go to com. come to the live shows in brighton london or uh McCandleth, and um yeah Enjoy this episode with the fucking incredible Carly Findlay. We're on the other side of the world. We're recording in Melbourne, Melbourne. which is why I'm... I've somehow... When I'm really tired or, in this case, jet-lagged, I sometimes forget English, which I even do when I'm not. Like, that's (laughs) that's just my weirdness. Um... So, uh, for people who might not know who you are, do you want to just introduce yourself? Sure, I'm Carly
0: Finlay, and I am a writer, speaker, appearance activist, podcaster, uh yeah, I think that would summarise. Oh, I do, I'm, I'm Access and Inclusion Officer at the Fringe Festival in Melbourne. I didn't um, even know that. Oh, I just started. It's great. Oh, cool. So, um, and I have not been able to talk about my day job for so long that I can finally talk about my day job. Uh, because Why haven't you been able to talk about it? I worked in government, so oh. couldn't, couldn't mention it. But now I can mention it and it is a really great job. I try, I, I work two and a half days a week there and I do Access and Inclusion so I en- I will be hopefully <laughs> ensuring um, that our Melbourne Fringe Festival is accessible for performers, audiences with disabilities, so performances and performers rather and audiences with disabilities and who are deaf, and also uh, that the venues are accessible. And That's amazing. Hmm. Wow. So yeah, the, the job's brand new, like the role's brand new. They just. Um, Wrote it in, like you know, slotted it in this year after getting some funding, and um, it's. I think it's the first of a festival kind. In the world, maybe? I don't know. I'm not sure whether it is in the world, but it is definitely in Australia. I've heard
1: about it. But
0: when I... they It was a bit weird, actually. I mean, a bit weird for me. They put out a media release when I got my job. Oh. Uh, anyway, and that's never happened before for me. So anyway, but I had a lot of feedback from overseas from um, disability activists and also... Oh. Um, uh, festival people to say I wish we had this over here so I had some feedback from America and New Zealand
1: and some other places to say I wish we had this so yeah do you think and this is like your personal opinion not your <laughs> necessarily your professional do you think that's gonna happen because like I did um, went with my tour in the UK I tried to make no I didn't try and made sure that all the venues I went to mm-hmm. were um had a uh, wheelchair accessible and, and I was able to make them anxiety safe. I say that in inverted commas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that um, if people have anxiety, they can email me and tell oh, me. Oh, like a relaxed performance sort well, of thing. Well, no, not right? actually. Because the, the actual performance in itself, I, I can't do anything with that. But it's more if they uh, need to sit in a specific seat. Oh, or, yeah, yeah. Uh, they need to be led in before the audience. Yeah, oh, that's great. And, and was it's like easy indi- or hard to do? It was actually quite... Everything. Yeah, no it was quite easy um, yeah. but it was all like individual basis so someone would just email me and say yes. I need to sit by the aisle or um, oh, someone would just be like does the show involve this word because that's triggering yeah. or can you tell me when it ends so I know what to be prepared for or yeah. someone just needed to tell me that they might get a panic attack because mm. they didn't want me to think that they would just leave. Mm. So stuff like that. Mm. So that was great. actually really that was yeah. easy. Well, it was more work than if I hadn't done it. Maybe you can easy. send me some emails
0: to my work address so we can <laughs> discuss this on the oh, podcast because yeah, yeah, yeah. it'd be really useful to know. Yeah. Um so yeah I'm I'm really liking it there. So um yeah I've I feel really busy. Um I've got lots of different hats that I like as a, as a worker. That's cool. Um, yeah, so it's good.
1: So good. And we're not going not gonna to go into this uh, too much. I just, right now in mm-hmm. your life, mm-hmm. uh, you're in, a, I mean, right now, like today. Today. In your emotional state today, how are you feeling <laughs> based on? Uh, uh, what's
0: happened in the last few days? Yeah. Um, I'm pretty tired. Yeah. Um, but I'm more upbeat yeah. than, I, than I expected. Can um, we give a general? Yeah, like yeah, a, yeah, sure. Yeah. So I do a lot of radio in Melbourne. And, and Australia, actually, just do calls if needed. But, um, you know, I go, I do a lot of radio with our national broadcaster, which is the ABC. And um, I did an interview on Wednesday, so that's three days ago. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a whirlwind. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, it was with uh, a guest invited me in, a co-host invited me to go. And uh, so I, I had met her at a talk that I gave a few weeks ago and I had to talk about microaggressions. So the stuff that people say to disabled people, like the unconscious bias, the, the things that people think are okay to say. So mm-hmm. I had to talk about that. But the the, the host of the show is a very uh, well-known, very long-serving um Professional man. So like a national treasure situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, he, the interview. While I was talking about the things that have been said to me, the interviewer perhaps provoked those things as well. And I'll link to. You, I'll send you a link so you yeah a link it, in the show yeah, notes. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and I've got the audio on my blog so you can hear for it. But uh, it. I had to. I felt at the time it's live, you know, live radio, as well. and oh, so God. I. There was a few things that I was quite short with, but overall, I feel like I was professional and just went along with the interview. I think it went really well on my side. I got the message across clearly, and the way the interview went was very demonstrative of how the things that are said to me on a private nature, and and then that that day in a public nature. Um, I guess it wasn't until I told someone about what just happened mm. that I realised how bad it was, and and oh, really? you know, is that like a defence mechanism? Yeah, possibly. The, yeah. And this kind of stuff happens to me not not the public stuff, but you know. Um, so after this happened, the, the day after, I had a, a taxi driver who refused almost refused to take me in the car because he thought that my face, which I'll talk about that soon, um would wet his seat and it was just ridiculous. anyway, but so that kind of stuff happens in my private life all the time. so I'm kind of used to it. So yeah, yeah. when the thing happened on the radio, it was just like, oh, that was another thing, you know, yeah yeah, and yeah. so I'd seen um I went downstairs and I saw this man who is is a really big Australian musician, and I didn't know that he knows me, but we share a publisher, which I'm well, I'm writing a book and we share the same publisher and he and I have an absolute crush on him you know I almost <laughs> forgot I was married for a minute and um you know I, I talked to him about what happened and then and then I saw another lady who I talked to on Twitter a lot who's an Australian TV host and and music royalty as well and and when I repeated it what happened to them and then when I went to my work and I said what happened um they were like for a full minute just jaw on the floor going oh my god yeah. um then I realized the impact and you know I think for me I, I shake these off these things off so much that you know it's just it's just a part of life it's like oh, yeah. another thing another thing I can write about I guess yeah or something I just have to put behind me or laugh about or whatever and then when I finished work I was quite sore that day I finished work a little bit earlier and my twitter feed had just blown up and a friend of mine had um really done a great job in um tweeting a commentary over how she felt she has a disability mm. and she she tweeted how she felt about it um and then uh I wrote a brief thing about it I put the audio up on my web my website didn't think much of it that night people were you know really showing their sympathy and whatever Thursday morning was well bedlam mm. um I wanted to write my book and I <laughs> I had the whole day with my phone in my hand, responding to yeah. media, and I, I did a bit of media. Media was excellent, actually. I I was really worried about how it would go, but that was so good. And I had to do an, a, another live interview on national TV oh. at seven o'clock that night. And uh,
1: yeah, so yesterday did was, they at least get it. Oh, that yeah, oh, I was so okay. well prepared,
0: and everyone was lovely. And yeah, um, uh, my social media has just been, you know, it's blown up. I've got. About I don't know maybe a thousand new followers across each platform, um, maybe more. But yeah, it, it's huge. How,
1: how does how do you react when people are shocked? I'm gonna I'll just justify why I'm saying it because I remember the first time I um, wrote a status on Facebook about someone shouting fat phobic abuse at me, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I was just like, it was just like you know when when they hit you on a bit of a uh, day already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just went like oh, these this piece of shit said this and it just annoys me and what what when then when people were like oh my god i can't believe this event happened to you yeah it almost annoyed me more because i was like no you you need to understand that this is everyday stuff yeah i i don't know if you can yeah i know
0: i can definitely relate and i think the conversation since this interview happened has been amazing um i've i mean i've received some trolling and i've had to block a heap of people on my blog and stuff but Mm. Overall, the, the conversation has changed. People are listening. People are getting what ableism is, you know, what discrimination wow. is to what's people with disability. They're seeing that, that bad reporting around disability is quite similar to um, bad reporting around racism and homophobia mm. and stuff. You know, they're, they're seeing that it was inappropriate. And, you know, the fact that so many people had my back, that that I, you know, I was getting messages from enormous amounts of people in the media Mm. and really high profile people to say hey this isn't okay there was a man a journalist who um is quite well known who um tweeted in support of the other uh, the radio announcer Uh and um the, I I made a comment it was quite benign my comment like I don't I don't I didn't I didn't try to inflame it at all like it was other people outraged on my behalf I didn't share any news about it except for the, the project I was on um, I didn't share any newspaper articles or anything on my Twitter it's just and I made a few statements but I knew that these things would end up in the media so I've, you know I've been really careful about it um, but I
1: really I really <laughs> envy that, that you have the ability to go no I think I'm just going to be really cool and calm Yeah. I'm like <laughs> shouted turn on caps like just scream alone. oh yeah yeah, no, but it was funny because um,
0: my, my podcast co-host, he, you know, he and I just muck around so much and I'm pretty, I reckon I'm pretty high maintenance, but just, <laughs> not, not in a, like a, the disability aspect, just, you know, can't remember to bring my headphones kind of thing all the time. And uh, he, he did this really lovely tweet in response to this, this other journalist tweet about, about um, his friend, his journalist friend, and um Anyway, and it was like the nicest thing he'd ever said about me on, you know, because oh. he, because he was just so he he said, oh, you know, Carly's a kind and decent woman or something, and then I tweeted below, yeah, but you forgot demanding and forgetful or whatever, and then I thought, oh god, I've got to delete that tweet because yeah. it's gonna end up in the media, so I deleted it. But um, yeah, it's it's been interesting. Lot, I, lots of people have been outraged on my behalf, and I think I've really seen that. I've also this is probably the time when, um. And I said on Twitter yesterday, the, 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 the way to my success of not getting irate in this situation is not responding to any internet arguments. Mm. So I've just scrolled on by. I haven't, I've muted a few people on Twitter, but I haven't really done that. But I haven't gone to any of the news art articles on Facebook and looked at the comments. Oh God, except no, no. when people have tagged me that, you know, are not, that I know, then I've looked at the comment, but I haven't scrolled through the whole feed and looked at
1: that. Um... Yeah. Is I, this the first time you've had, like, a thing blow up no, like this? No.
0: no, there's been a few times. Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird. Um, in 2013, uh, I'll give you a bit of backstory. Um, I have a skin condition and it makes my face really red, scaly, um, purely, and I'm sore nearly all the time and um, people think I'm sunburnt. I just get, re- like, I guess my, my body is the thing that lets me down. It's a society that's really hard, you know, the yeah. low expectations and the, the people... You know, criticizing you and making fun of you and laughing and whatever. Um, Anyway, so uh, in 2013, I'd been blogging for a little while. I'm a blogger, and I I'd been blogging um, for a long time, but on this particular blog for a little while. And my media career was kind of just taking off. I was doing it on the side when I went to full time job, and um, and I just started going out with my boyfriend now husband and. It was like three weeks into our relationship or something, and he he went to work really early. Like he'd start, you know, he starts early in his type of job, and so I looked on on my um, blog stats, and I don't ever do this now. Like it's just like a bit obsessive when you're looking at your blog oh yeah, in the beginning, to see, yeah. yeah, to see where people had come from, and I worked, and I hadn't blogged for a while, um, and it was near Christmas time, and I. <laughs> I saw that there was three thousand people that had come to my blog, and I'm like, "Oh, this is odd. I haven't blogged for a little while. I wonder why." Um, and it happened overnight, and three thousand at that time. It was it was alright. I mean, I'd get probably a thousand a day, maybe two thousand a day, but three thousand overnight when I hadn't blogged. For yeah, a like something happened. Bit, yeah. yeah, and then uh, the traffic was coming from Reddit, oh. and I'm like, "Oh, fuck." Anyway, yeah. so uh, I clicked over, <laughs> and it was just like someone had taken a photo like got you know pinched a photo of me somewhere and put it in the what the fuck forum and it was like just heaps of comments maybe at the time maybe 500 comments just dissecting my appearance did you read them yeah I did yeah I respond and then I responded so I (laughs) I probably wouldn't now but I I wrote I wrote Facebook status (laughs) about it and then I took that and then I put it Onto the thing, mm. and then I, I said, This is me, this is my skin condition. You know, well, you were making fun of a stranger on the internet. I was seeing my favorite band with my boyfriend, and uh, you know, you're just being miserable. Uh, anyway, so that completely changed the conversation. And so well, I... Well, like, uh, you mean like it. in
1: general? Oh, like, oh really? Yes. Yeah, so it. people
0: would come back and going, oh, wow, you know, now, now, she's, now she's listening. I guess we have to talk about it in a different way or something. People wow. were like, you know, you're the strongest motherfucker I've ever seen. And they were going, if you're ever in Boston, we'll buy you a drink. And the original poster came back to say, I'm really sorry. I didn't think... Kind of thing. It was gave me a bit of a backhanded compliment. Some guy that I met on the ferry in New York said,
1: "I saw this woman on the ferry in New York."
0: Um, it was it was um, like a
1: weird situation. Anyway, Whoa, and that's like pe- yeah. what people on Reddit have,
0: yeah, conscious. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't support it at all. And actually, no. um, if I know a friend that knows what happened to me, that they that they support reddit or go on reddit or yeah. promote it a little bit of my respect dies for them oh yeah you know if yeah. they know because the that um and I'll skip to this oh, I'll skip to this now but but this this stuff happened a couple of times over the christmas period as well and the moderators did nothing privately oh, yeah. they were pol- apologizing to me on dm but publicly they were not removing the post not doing anything they were telling me that the image hoster is now responsible for my images being used and it wasn't reddit's fault and blah blah because apparently you upload the image to Imager and then uh, to Reddit. Yeah. So they just, uh, you know, um, yeah. they, they wash their hands of responsibility. Um, anyway. Like, so, most,
1: like most social mm, media yeah, platforms. Exactly. Yeah, exactly.
0: And so then, so I didn't really think too much of it, right? So that was in the morning. I responded in the morning, went to work, didn't like just work from my government job and I, and also I've just started this government job as well, and so uh, or a new a new job in the government. I'd had a job in the government for a long time. Anyway, uh, then that night I blogged about it, and the media picked it up. So the next morning, again at like six o'clock, I get this tweet from CNN or something. I think it was CNN. Anyway, and they said. We're from CNN. Can we talk to you on the phone about? And I'm like, oh, okay. And then like Fox News and all these different uh, outlets. And then it was the last day of work before Christmas, and so we only worked half a day on that day. And I had to take a heap of media calls, like while I was at work in my job, and it was really awkward. And because I worked for the government, I had to keep notifying them when I was in the media. So. I had to tell them, to, you know, sorry, it's gonna be a big, really big day. Even though it's not about what I worked about, uh, what I worked, you know, it was still. Uh, and then it just went completely viral, and you know, I probably had about eighty thousand hits in a day on my blog at the time. Um, and it was, but uh, the project who interviewed me the other night, they covered my story. And um, Adam and I, my husband, were driving home, and uh, i live my parents live in the country about four mm. or five hours away from melbourne and we were driving home that night and my friends going oh my god you're on the project and the guy that hosted the project at the time said you know well this is really shit this is a good thing for carly because people are going to know her writing and that i think was the turning point of m- my career when i got known and did you
1: want it um or did it more feel like i have to do this no it,
0: it felt out of control. Like. I know as a blogger, so many – and I see other bloggers who are just want to make it and they want to go viral mm. and that's their goal. Yeah. I do not recommend going viral because it's out of control. You cannot control – like um, it was – the media support was lovely but the commentary was just hideous. So the commentary on top of what had already happened on Reddit was yeah. hideous. I had to get Adam to moderate my blog. I was getting um, – you know like killer with fire on my blog i was getting people tell me how attention seeking i was and all of that and did you you um, get that
1: like knot in your stomach every time you saw like a notification mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah yeah and so i I, I would i remember one of my worst times i would wake up it must be like once every 30 minutes just to check and delete and blog and delete and blog and it just became this like Yeah. yeah obsessive and you don't want to let them win but you also just don't want to
0: deal with it so yeah I mean that went on for I probably had like a lot of attention for about a week and then everyone forgot about it but that that's fine but I mean I still have to I guess that when I talk about this kind of stuff that's what I talk about that you know the kind of internet trolling um and then oh and I got abused by a taxi driver as well uh, a few years ago just before the reddit stuff happened actually that year and I I wrote about it and um and again, so it's not the one you just mentioned?
1: No. Oh, I was just, <laughs> happens, oh,
0: happens frequently. Oh, exactly. um, uh, yeah, and I wrote about it and um, for the national, for a national paper, and then my, my story was like top story for
1: three days or something.
0: I don't, I don't even understand how the news decides what top story it is. You oh, know, well, so you know bizarre. what?
1: I think like, something started occurring, occurring to me a few mm. weeks ago. I did like a tweet about the new Amy Schumer film, and it was just like – it wasn't even that bad. I was just like, How is this a film? Whatever, something like that. Yeah. And I started getting followed by well, first of all, it made it to like Twitter moments and they basically said, People are furious about the new Amy She movie. And when that I looked in through Twitter it, moments. it was just my tweets. People, People. are furious. People. And it was my eight tweets. <laughs> and I started noticing that all of these media like BuzzFeed, all those types, were following me. Mm. And then since then, mm. when I've made a tweet that's even just remotely provocative yeah, or whatever yeah. they like this comedian duh, 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 yeah duh. i know so i think they weird? want it's clickbait yeah it? yeah it's not it's because so they're like this is good journalism mm. it's just some people will click on this and be angry i
0: had the head of a like a twitter guy following me the other day a journal follow me and then he was like the head of sport
1: out and i said you're not gonna get much here <laughs> you know
0: um yeah, yeah it's it's well it's i a i found do you know about
1: these um uh, 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 block lists mm. where you can automatically so that like there there will be accounts that so they find like all the for example they're like anti-Nazi uh, blog lists so you sign up I think it's blog together dot something you mm-hmm. can Google it. And then you can just subscribe, and then it automatically blocks, like, 200,000 Nazis on Twitter. Oh, can Do you, you send of,
0: that to me, please? Yeah, 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 remind me, yeah. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, so you
1: can preempt it. Yeah, so
0: well, wow. because I, I had like a, a
1: Nazi attack last year as well. Yeah, so, so what happens mm-hmm. is you block, like, I blocked, I think I blocked, like, half a million people over the course of a night. I found, like, an anti-fat uh, blog list and an can anti-Nazi can... list. And send that to me, please. Yes, I will. <laughs> will. It was <laughs> amazing. I was, like, I can't believe, that. I was, like in tears like messaging Mm. this account going thank you thank you thank you Mm. and I was like look through my tweet you can find more it's it's really but what happened once I did that I lost a thousand followers so these people were following me like Mm, waiting waiting, for me to say something and I was like
0: oh I yeah yeah
1: um it's a weird
0: thing like I don't know um in the past year definitely my social media following has gone up I've done some like quite high profile tv shows and um yeah, and just become more assertive, and uh, I guess, and uh, you know, the, the following is definitely uh, not doubled but close to it. And I think once you hit 10,000 and become verified, people think you're someone.
1: You know yeah, what I mean? People think if you've asked. Like that—that's all you want. Like people are like, yeah. <laughs> "Oh, you're just doing this to get attention." Like, mm. do you think it's fun? Like, um, do you think I'm enjoying this?
0: It's—I mean, I overall like—if it was that bad, I wouldn't be on the social on social media. But it's a bit addictive, isn't it? My hand was really sore the other day from holding my phone. Oh, wow! In, like just in what looking at my tweets and stuff. Um, but yeah, it's—it's it's a weird thing. And and when you go viral, and I've written a, po- a piece about this, I just—you just feel out of control because. You can't control how the story's going. You can't control where your photo is going. Actually, the other day when the stuff happened f- with the radio, um, my friend had just taken headshots of me for some media and book stuff. Um, so I had all these professional photos done. And so I was sending off um, that, those photos with her um, name to credit it. And the Daily Mail email me going or message me on Facebook going can we do a story on you and then it's the
1: same as the Daily Mail in the UK like no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough, yeah and then um, <laughs> I haven't had good experiences with them yeah
0: because, no uh, anyway but but then we oh, I can tell you this, actually. Uh, last year, I was on this show called You Can't Ask that. Actually, no, i to finish this first story. Anyway, um, so, so the Daily Mail had messaged me on Facebook to say, um, can we do this story? And then I didn't see it. And then they said, oh, we're doing this story.
1: Great journalism, yeah. guys. Great. And then and then they
0: said, um, "Can I take this photo off your Facebook?" And I said, "No, just use this photo here, this media shot, and turn the comments off, please." <laughs> and they oh, did. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. But but last year I was on this show, "You Can't Ask That," and I talked about the Reddit stuff. And "You Can't Ask That" went pretty big in Australia. It was like ask, answering questions, the taboo stuff, and oh yeah, like so I consented to it, and you know, so yeah. it was all the questions people asked me in the street oh, yeah. but I consented to it, and I asked it, and I told oh. them frankly, kind of like okay so i'll tell you once and then i don't have to repeat it. yes um anyway so the show was huge and i i can't think of a day now that i don't get recognized for being on the show like it's just amazing oh, cool. um but the next day there was a lot of media around it and i'd written a piece um in the uh, um, the uh, the publication i normally write for but the daily mail had taken my photos off my instagram or something mm. and uh, or and then but the journalist had followed me on Twitter. She didn't think to ask me permission. And I was really annoyed by it. Like that and under it was, was Carly's photos had been misused on Reddit. And I'm like, now nah, Carly's photos have been misused on Daily Mail. So anyway, I was t- I was tweeting about this and someone sent me in the direction of the editors. And I called the editor to say, hey, can you remove my photos? Because I didn't give you permission. And they did. <laughs> That's a big
1: feat. That's pretty cool. I was yeah. like, i <laughs> I, at most, send an email. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just thought, like, I the irony of I think it's great to pick up the it, phone at any point. The, ir- talk to
0: anyone. the irony of it is, is oh, quite it's, ridiculous. It's and, and kind of yeah. that was, like, the interview that happened the other day. The irony of it was a bit... Yeah, well, that is and, quite... you know, I've I I've been really careful not what, what I've said about it and how I feel because I love the ABC that I, you know, yeah. and, and I don't want to lose my you know, minimum opportunities there. Yeah. But I also think that there are standards around reporting that have to be
1: and is the point of not the point of that's the right thing is the background behind microaggressions that people think that allow to or mm. that it's okay mm-hmm. so in theory you could um you could justify it not that but justify um pointing it out by saying well if he has good intentions mm. surely you want to know how to be a good person sherry you want to know how mm. you know how to make it better for, you know just like in general not with him but just like with everyone you're like yeah well by being called out what you're actually doing you may giving someone the um opportunity to become to become more a better you know, yeah. as i said i welcome the conversation yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. so where are you so where am I emotionally now? right now oh, that was a long way of telling me no, no 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 it's all uh good.
0: emotionally i'm all right i'm a bit yeah. tired and i kind of just need to be with people that i don't they, they get me and um in the past year since uh, since i've become um more prominent in the media since i got my blue tick i guess <laughs> um i have been receiving a lot of backlash from the disability community as well so uh, can you talk about that yeah a little bit um because why well why is i
1: think question, i
0: guess? I think there's an expectation to do activism a certain way and so if I'm not doing it a certain way that they would like then yeah and I was talking to someone who's quite a prominent person a disabled person um overnight on Twitter and we're talking about this stuff and I said you know um it's lonely success can be lonely and and we were talking about how to deal with it and they said it's often the the people in the community that are the most brutal and so that's been hard so i think for me today it's just going to be doing this fun podcast with you and with my friend jason my refreshments provided podcast that i do regularly and also i'm going to comedy festival as well so you know i yeah it's just a bit of self-care and then tomorrow i have to write my book
1: what um is that i feel like i want to ask you about like self-care because that Mm -hmm. sounds like to me i was like of course. Of course that's what we need to do when we're under attack mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Yeah. So like, it's things are happening. Mm-hmm. I just hadn't ever put that into words. Yeah. So is that like a? I
0: think. <laughs> it
1: sounds like a women's magazine. Like, that I know. I think it is a bit of... Yeah, it's a bit of <laughs> so a women's magazine. So you make sure to be around people who get you. Yeah. Are there other things you do um, to kind of...
0: I I I don't know if I found a way to stay off the internet. So yeah. it's... Like, as much as I just want to tune out with a crappy Netflix movie, I, I I've always got my phone in my hand or something. I kind of need to go to the movies and then just ah, good, see yeah. a movie that I'm to, paid to see and watch that. But, um, yeah, I mean, I do find it really hard to switch off. You know, in my day job now that I do accessibility stuff, and that's the same as what I do for writing and speaking, which is the same as what I live. And so... It's, yeah. it's really hard to...
1: And people saying, like, stay off. You're like, it's also my job. Like, it's part of my thing <laughs> is to get my voice out there. So I, know. I know. I know. So,
0: I mean, sometimes I put a bit of, um, you know, like today I just said, hey, I've got a million messages. I can't answer them. I'm sorry. Um, like, this is what I'm doing today. Have a good day. So that, you know, people are pretty good about that. But, it, yeah, it's hard. Um, it's just... I think it's just doing stuff with people that get
1: you, maybe. Mm. You know. Yeah. That's, that's my... I make sure when I'm being like attacked on Twitter, I make sure to go and check other Twitter profiles of people who would experience the same thing. Yeah. Just because I, yeah, kind of see them keep. I forget the name because I'm writing. I'm writing a book as well, and I found a lot of statistics about Twitter and people who have been kind of um, what's the word, hunted off yeah. Twitter, mm-hmm. uh, abused so much that so mm-hmm. they left Twitter. Mm-hmm. And I've and just by reading about that, like finding these people who, yeah, have like gone back on and they've gone. You know what? nah, I am not going to be silenced, I'm going to keep going. That's really given me like a yes.
0: Over the past few days I've received um, messages from people that have um, experienced huge trolling um, because of feminism, because of um, religion, and it's been amazing to hear um, Yasmin Abdelmagd abdel magid who is yeah. a prominent muslim feminist here in australia but has now moved to london because of the backlash she caught, uh sent me a message and you know people are really yeah. and, and clem ford and other people and the people that have uh, that really live in the thick of that every day have been amazing so i think that that's really important as well checking in um with people to see if they're okay when they're on social media and also talking to people that get it like i like i could talk to my mum but she doesn't know anything about Mm. you know she's like wow you're in the news That's great but she doesn't know the impact <laughs> yeah. of that and so yeah
1: and you're not necessarily sure you want them to know
0: yeah well that's how i feel even, like family and
1: stuff i'm like ah you don't just don't yeah. look at it don't don't
0: even letting my husband know like um i mean you know you've got nothing to hide but just saying hey can you just lock down your facebook and not have everything on public for a bit
1: yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. um it's, it's i hate that that's a precaution you have I know. to know
0: so yeah um so yeah, I I don't think I can ever stay off internet, and that's really that's a pretty bad thing, isn't it? When you can't do it, but
1: anyway, uh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, can I ask how old you are? Yeah, I'm thirty six. You're thirty six, so. I kind of, I'm trying to say it without saying the word journey. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I've made it my thing in my book to not use the word journey once and it's really difficult. Um, I don't think I'd use it. Did you, like, if you go to your teen years or Mm -hmm. your childhood teen years, Mm. is this where you wanted to be in your life? Did you have any, did you want? Yeah, absolutely. I think,
0: um, I mean, I didn't, (laughs) I, I know I hate using the word famous, but, and I don't in any way think that I am, but to some extent, there is that level of, you know, well (laughs) knownness, Public figure thing. Yeah, yeah. and uh, so I always wanted to be a journalist. And I lived in a really small country town and they didn't have journalism at university there. But for my work experience, I did journalism in um, three different places for work experience. I did radio, TV and newspaper in year 10 and 11. And then... um, Uh, I couldn't go away for uni because um, it would cost too much and like I'd have to come to Melbourne which is a long way away and my parents were really worried about me getting sick and um, so I just stayed and did this really boring course like a business degree Um, and then I came to Melbourne when I was 21 when I finished that degree and... I, I got a job at government. And I had, sometimes I had no idea what I was doing there. Like, I just didn't understand. Like, I didn't understand tax law. I went for the tax office. I didn't understand tax law. didn't understand, like, anything. And, and I felt like I just had to wing it. But anyway, um, in maybe my second or third year in Melbourne, I signed up to do my Master's of Communication, at uni and um I took a long time to do that because I was working full-time and I'm managing a chronic illness and and then so I took uh, maybe six six years or seven years and I did like one subject a semester so took a long time i mean you know full time i think it takes a year and a half and part time three but anyway finished that which is good uh and then uh during that time when i saw my masters i started a blog and i well i had i had lots of blogs prior but i started this one with the intent of you know making some articles to make a profile and a portfolio of work
1: so what what was what is it um I don't want to say, like, actually, but is there... Did you have a... A journey? <laughs> <laughs> like, a need or a desire to be heard or to speak um, out or to express yourself? Yeah, or what is the, I mean, I guess... We must all... Like, everyone who's somewhat in the public eye must have some kind of... Um, yeah. I, no, need to... Yeah. Um, I
0: studied journalism with the view to work as a journalist one day, Um. But I'm really glad I haven't the way the media industry has gone. Like, I, mm. I, you know, I've never worked in a newsroom before. Um, but and, and I also never, never studied journalism or wrote or started this blog with the intention to do what I'm doing now. That's, that's, that's a good question that you ask. No, um, I, I would write little articles. It's fun stuff. Like, I don't know something that I'd seen on TV or a bit of an opinion piece that wasn't very good on my blog (laughs) you know back in 2009 Uh, and then um one day I wrote about how um I had a really sore face and my face is very red and it doesn't often get sore it's my body that gets sore and that's less red and I wrote when my face is this sore I don't want to look in the mirror because it was really sore it felt really hot and burning and I had to go to hospital and And I read about that. And the response that I got was incredible. Like, I was really worried because I thought my photo would get misused like it did on Reddit and all of that stuff. But the response was the opposite. It was, you know, enormously positive. So then I thought I could write a little bit more about my skin, about myself. Uh, I opened up a bit. And then I was just really, you know, using my blog like a diary Mm. in a way, but an informative thing around that. And then um, after... It would, it would be really um, sporadic. The topics would be quite, I don't know, isn't, maybe that's not the right word, disparate maybe is the right word, where you know I'd do a review of the comedy festival, what I'd eaten, um, what I'd wear, worn, and then maybe in some sort of opinion piece. But, so it, it wasn't really focused, um, but I would always try to write and practise my writing. And then for a little while I, uh, you know, had this unrequited love with this guy, so it was a lot of oh, that. God, yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, And then uh, I think I pitched to a few places and I got a regular writing gig at a um, government website for disability, which wasn't very good. Anyway, um, but but I'd won some awards for my writing as well, which was a good help. And then I... One thing in the in my Master's of Communication they didn't teach me is how to pitch to the media because I think it was meant to be how to work in a newsroom, you know. How. Mm. So I didn't know how to pitch and, and through winning some awards, I got um, a course through the Australian Writers' Centre and I did this magazine and writing magazine and editing thing, I think. I don't know, magazine editing course, like a short three-month course or something with them and so that was great because it taught me how to pitch and then i pitched (laughs) and then and and then i you know started writing for for um, websites like mostly daily life but now i've written so daily life's one of the leading women's websites attached to a newspaper here um but i've written for other things like the abc sbs um.
1: is is any of it like a uh, um which is i would be like it's like a kind thing is it do you want to tell people, like what do you want to tell people uh, when you talk about like activist stuff? Yeah. Is, it, uh, is it a, is it a way of? Because I've, I've found when writing my book, I found I just really want people to understand. Yes, yeah, and I absolutely. only recently thought, oh, maybe I should actually do a chapter about how to be a good friend to fat people, a good person to fat people. But that wasn't even the attention. I just really wanted people to feel like this is how, like this is what it is.
0: I've done tips on how to talk to someone that looks different. I've done articles on like the taxi driver stuff. Um, one of the things with this recent media kerfuffle, um, has been how different the media and comments have been compared to when I've written about other stuff. So when I wrote about the taxi driver abuse, so basically I got into a cab and he said, what's on your face? And I said, nothing. And he says, no, what's on your face? You smell. And then he said, you'll make the seats dirty. That was in 2013. And I put in a complaint to the taxi Mm. Company, the Taxi Commission and the Human Rights Commission. And then we made some videos about, tra- you know, tr- to train people that disabilities look different. And, uh, anyway, um, but when, and, and I also told the taxi driver to fuck off. And when I wrote, <laughs> but but when I Sorry, wrote about this, um, <laughs> my, res- like their, people thought that my response to him was worse than his discrimination. Oh, and so yeah. the thing like with this latest media stuff has been, the, the response has been so different. And so they've been on my side, whereas when I've written about this stuff other times, it's been, oh, poor snowflake, you're the victim. (laughs) You know, I I had a lot of trolling last year and there was a lot of stuff in the newspaper about it and people were like, you know, you lefty snowflake and, you you know, if you can't handle it, get off the internet and all that stuff. Mm. Um, But this time it's been a lot, like the public response has been a lot different because I guess it was a person in power that that said this stuff. But, uh, yeah, so... In terms of me, I want to always have a gentle, educative approach and I want to have, I think, by telling our story... there's There's two things. There's telling my story so that people won't treat other people like shit... And there's telling my story so that people like me, people with the same condition as me or with other conditions, feel good enough, confident enough to tell someone they have their condition. It doesn't mean telling the media, but sometimes I get an email from a woman who said, I haven't even told my husband I've got this condition. I'm like, how can you hide it? I mean, not everyone looks the same as me with this condition. You know, lots of people could pass as not having the condition and it might only affect part of their body. But for me, it's a different type. Um, But you know they, they've been so worried that they must have to take extreme care not to even reveal that they've got scaly or um you know infected skin to their partners like you know it's it's really hard mm. so you know i really it's I like think, representation as well yeah, yeah exactly yeah, yeah. and so i think that being able to tell people that it's okay to talk about yourself it's okay to go outside when you don't feel like you can and it's okay to wear clothes that don't cover you I mean I wear clothes that cover me because it's comfortable but if they're comfortable wearing short sleeves then do that but you know I the you know a lady said to me I've never worn a cotton dress until I saw your Instagram and now I do and I'm like that's that's amazing you know I don't um, know I want to say worth it but I get that feeling
1: sometimes when you get like a message you go yeah 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 yeah. yeah, it's good it's It's just beautiful
0: and even like parents writing to me to say my kid has the condition and um You have taught me that's going to be okay. Um, That that's worth it. So yeah, there's two prongs for me, and I think it's a real privilege. And um, this past few these past few days, um, you know, while I've had responses from people who have just come from far and wide, and and, you know, people that mean a lot to me, people that I idolize, even um, the two best. Responses that I've had to the media have been a lady who used to nurse me in hospital in 1989 what? to say I saw you on the news. I used to do your bandages. Oh uh, my, oh my gosh! And now we're friends on Facebook.
1: Oh my gosh! And god. Stella Young's mum. Oh my god! That's almost making me teary. Me too. So this. So there's a new question I've started asking, mm-hmm. and I'm. It kind of it fits in really well with kind of your what we've been talking about mm-hmm. the question is based on yeah, uh, <laughs> on something I asked uh, the very famous boy band Westlife when I was 13 mm. I'm sure I'm sure they've reached Australia why wouldn't yeah, they they're brilliant Westlife.
0: oh really yeah, oh that makes me so
1: happy know, I was more of a Savage Garden fan oh so, oh my god do you want oh to I, I just remembered them about Savage Garden, cause yeah, oh, oh let's do that <laughs> <laughs> so I asked Westlife on television and then uh, well in London uh, when yeah, I was 13 yeah. and they answered um very disappointingly, so no pressure. So I'm still <laughs> Can Carly Feel maybe better than this line. <laughs> well, that that's the headline. That's the episode title. <laughs> so the question yeah. is this. Okay. And it's based on the fact that you've well, now it's also based on like you've done a lot of interviews, you've done a lot of chats, you've talked about a lot of things publicly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you've maybe have maybe you've had thoughts about how this was gonna go and what kind of stuff we'll be talking about. All leading to this question what would you most I feel like there should be a drum roll I know I need to just <laughs> learn to just ask fucking questions you don't need the backstory of why I thought of it uh, so the question did is did I
0: sing no matter what I'm thinking did I
1: sing that song? oh that's by Soane oh, so uh, yeah, get out <laughs> leave my house right now okay <laughs> the question is oh, what would you most want me to ask you oh. Um hmm. already now you've thought about it more than now I've thought I about it more oh, wow yeah what I did I they say that. tell me what they said first uh they said what's your one of them said what's your favorite album or what's your favorite song like that's cuz i my idea wasn't yeah, with can it read was you're tv hits couldn't you yeah exactly my <laughs> idea was like you're being asked a lot of questions and you must mm-hmm. must be asked a yeah. lot of the same questions yeah. and then is there ever a yeah. a part of you that goes why can't you just ask me about this? And it doesn't yeah. even have to be about it could it could be what's your favorite colour? Or like yeah, what are you watching on TV at the moment? it could be or maybe ask this thing. That's actually quite helpful. Yeah. Or yeah. there um, must have been well my idea was like these guys have done um interviews all day with all mm. these pub magazines who want to know like oh. I don't think they thought
0: that broadly. No, um, I don't
1: think they did. And it's one of the reasons I'm um desperate to get them on the podcast I can ask them again well, good luck <laughs> um,
0: I think I know and it's not particularly a question but I said this the other day and I have said this a bit I would love to just go and talk about like be a host on a tv show or on the radio show mm. and just be and not have to provide a backstory about why I'm here and quantify or oh, sorry qualify my maths isn't very good, so I couldn't even get qualified and quantify right? Uh, <laughs> and not have to qualify why I'm the person that talks about this, you know, and not have to provide a context around why mm. I talk around appearance diversity, that I could just be, you know? Yeah. That I can just go and not have to explain myself and yeah. not have to say, well, I've got a red face and this is why I'm talking about this. And, uh, I just, yeah, yeah, that's probably what my dream would be. Yeah. And that... Yeah, I think representation—that's incidental—is really important. Yeah. So, um, you know, just to be uh, just to be asked questions. Like I've been—that's—that's that's been happening a little bit. You know, I'm I'm now, or I'm, I guess I still am, the arts an arts reporter for the ABC Radio, where I go and talk about stuff on there. So I'm, um, you know, I'm, I sometimes I sneak in some disability activism because I'm there. But it's nice to be able to do that. Um, you know, I've done some stuff. I just did some stuff for Amnesty in. Um, like a video about trolling and you know I didn't really have to provide any backstory because I was on video so (laughs) um you know so that's quite nice to do you know um being asked to do training things you know how to blog how to write that's that's good as well but it'd be really great to be asked by mainstream media just to do something that isn't related to disability even though that that is my niche and that's my specialty and I'm well aware that that's my job how good would it be Mm. to be able to just Hey, can you write an article on Westlife? You
1: know? <laughs> Please write an article about Westlife. No, I don't really know them, but
0: I am, I am a fan girl, though, um, of yeah? people, yeah, for a long time. Um, well, you know, for my lifetime. Um, and I think that that probably started because I didn't have many friends, maybe. And I would read magazines and just, um, you know, I had a really embarrassing crush on um, an Australian cricketer, Shane Warne. Who your English listeners would probably know, and Australian listeners, um, he is a bit of a Mormonizer, and uh, I hate cricket. But I'd have all these photos of him on my wall because he used to model for like a clothing company. And so, when I was maybe twelve or something, and I sent him a wedding present when he got married, and it was, you know, what it it was a photo frame with a photo of me in it. And then, um, and then, and then I moved on to, well, I had, before that there was Southern Sons, which was this all oh, Australian and they am much older than what I was. They were like, I was nine and they would have been, the, the youngest was 18. I know. I remember that because I'm like, Oh my God, he's only nine years older than me. Um, you know, oh,
1: one, one day that. we can get married.
0: That. Um, <laughs> it won't be long now. um, yeah, I, and I just I'm you know I had scrapbooks and but the other guys in the band were really you know probably late twenties early thirties and I think that's a bit weird when you're nine but they all had these really long, long hair and bushy eyebrows and just wore denim and leather and anyway and they they weren't like so rock my parents wouldn't let me listen to them they were like wholesome kind of sounded a bit like John Farnham who's another <laughs> a, a lauded old Australian singer anyway um so there so that was my first you know, Big Crush, and then, my like, uh, as a fangirl, and then Shane Warne, and then Savage Garden, and I yes. have loved Darren Hayes for... 20 oh yeah 21 went, 22 years then
1: he went solo didn't he and yeah did insatiable
0: yeah and you know oh, I, yeah, I, I remember po- this I had not thought yeah. like Simon's Garden for maybe and I talked on talked to him on his podcast a few years ago oh, and really? I was like beside myself I'd met him a few times I didn't know him, that when he's had a podcast he, he does actually now um he had this like interview style one a few a few years ago but oh, that's wow. the one I talked but he has a movie one now I think it's called we paid to see this um that rings a bell yeah so he doesn't oh my god I'm learning so much um the the one that I I was on I got up really early in the morning it was like a public holiday and I had to call this number and then and then I was kind of put through to him and it was this live interview thing and so I talked to him for about 10 minutes it was just oh my god and um so I I've been a huge fan of his we talk on Twitter now you know and it's Ah, oh, that's so. i just re- just, the, just
1: the age thing you said. It yeah. Reminded me of um, I must have been twelve when I went to a Westlife concert, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I don't know why I did this. I think I'd heard like seen it on the, it can't even have been the internet. I must have mm-hmm. heard it from somewhere. I made like a ba- I was front row offs. Yeah, and and I, know. I, <laughs> I know, I know, I <laughs> know, and I had a banner. I would that stand it so long um, It said, "Brian, remember my name," because you'll be screaming it later. Oh, well, and I remember I understood what it meant. I think I thought it meant, like, you'll see me in the street and you'll <gasps> yeah. see something like that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Brian, I'm so... If you remember my oh name, my and then God. I, like, held... And I couldn't understand why none of them looked at me because I was like, I have a huge Jesus banner. Awkward. I'm in the front row. And they were just going, shit, she's a <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, this is illegal. <laughs> yeah.
0: So like when I was in my teens, we'd come to Melbourne and I'd I'd seen Savage Garden. Actually, my friend from school just messaged me going, you know, sometimes I wish life, after this thing on the radio happened, she said, I wish life was a bit easier in waiting for Savage Garden out the front of the Palais. And I'm like, yeah, me too. Um, So, you know, we went... We saw them and, and I like I've been a huge fan and I think in Australia it was a bit embarrassing to like them. But I I never cared about that. Like my oh, yeah. I've just been savage garden all the way. I uh, was a, I was proud. To be yeah, me, I was just me proud. Too, and so I thought proud. they were
1: ridiculous if they didn't like them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and even I mean how do you, you know, how do you how do you feel what's your relationship with like embarrassment
0: or shame? Um I had a lot of shame around my skin when I was younger and in imba- and that.
1: But in terms of fan girling, none, nah, no embarrassment at all. Cause that's, yeah, because I, yeah. I think my shame has always been. Maybe that's why I just had no like I had yeah. no shame about anything because I was like, I, it was all my body. I had but then other
0: things to worry yeah. about. Man,
1: like I couldn't be <laughs> caring if
0: people gave me shit about like liking Darren Hayes. Like people I almost were want me the, shit like, about oh, liking my fa-
1: not liking my face. You know. Yeah, just please attack my yeah. music taste. <laughs>
0: um, and then. And then I think my next fandom was, so I've had a, a series, was Callan Mulvey from a show called Rush. I had a photo of him the other day. It popped up on, <laughs> popped up on my timeline. He played this, oh, such a hot police guy. And he um, uh, was set in Melbourne and one day I saw them filming and I walked up to him and he had a facial difference, actually. He has a facial difference. He was in an accident. He's got a massive kind of scar. Oh. He was one of the first people on TV, so... He was really big in the nineties on this show called Heartbreak High. Do you remember that? God, no. uh, oh wait. A- Australian. And it no, was big in it was big in um Europe, I think. Heartbreak High. I'll send a link to you. Later yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he was really big in Australia in Heartbreak High, but I wasn't allowed to watch it then because my mum was, you know, pretty strict with what I watched on TV. But, um, but then he was on some other shows and uh, Underbelly and 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 Rush and Rush was his police show set in Melbourne, and I loved it because it was you, you knew where it was filmed. And he once filmed me and my work, and I, I went to meet him. Like I just. walked over there at lunchtime and said hi is Callum there and and I met him um at a launch as well like they had the rush launch and I've been to a couple of those at the um cinema they had you know where you could hear the audio, um hear the actors speak and stuff and um so he was lovely and I sent him some photos that I had um that I had taken and he sent them back and autographed them, which was really oh. lovely. And, I, you know, I was in my 20s. So. I got that
1: from Jason Momoa, you know, from oh, yeah, Game yeah. of Thrones when I was so, 10. Like so, back when you couldn't do it on the internet, yeah. you had to send an actual letter.
0: I had a request, had a, had a request
1: for someone from someone
0: to, for me to send them a photo. I don't even have yes. a photo of myself. Anyway,
1: <laughs> I mean, I have lots of photos, but no
0: printed ones. I have to get some printed ones. Yes. Um, I've made it. Anyway, So so he was really lovely. And then I, like, I wrote about it and I never... I never said, like, I never sort of gushed over him, but I would write a lot about Callan on my blog, and his wife found my blog. And for a little while, we would email, and it was, okay. was so So lovely. it wasn't like back no, off no, no, my no, husband. No, no. <laughs> she was, you know, it was a really lovely thing. So, anyway, so then, uh, and then after that, um, or maybe at the same time, concurrently, um, was a singer called Bob Evans, who is the loveliest man. And he is in, he's an Australian singer. He was in it, or he still is, in a band called Jebediah, which was huge in the 90s, 2000s. And then he went to do his own thing as a solo artist under the name of Bob Evans. whose name is Kevin Mitchell but he performs under Bob Evans so Kevin um, and I I think we met a few in 2006 I went to see him at a live thing and we talked out and I never really liked Jeva though, they were never my thing and I've told him about it I was too scared I was listening to Savage Garden and he's he's always like um how far have you traveled to see Darren Hayes and I'm like far he says how far have you traveled to see me i'm like not as far <laughs> and, and anyway so he he was really, he's really lovely and you know we struck up a friendship on twitter and then in 2000 and so i've seen him a lot like he's a melbourne guy now he didn't used to live in melbourne but he, he does now or he lives near melbourne and in 2000 and 14 or 15 just before I was getting married I said to him can you sing at our wedding and he said if I'm in Melbourne yes so he just said organize it through my management and he sang at my wedding
1: (gasps) oh so you're still like in this fangirl what do you what do you think you when you were I've tried to analyze a lot about my teenage fandom Mm. stuff and why it happened (laughs) and what it because I actually think it's when was that it was when one of the one Direction. Oh, did they break up? No. I think so. Yeah, they were. Oh, did have they? Okay, well, you it must be... Oh, someone...
0: Beautiful.
1: I don't know anything. I don't know. <laughs> I haven't heard any music since, like, 2005. But I remember a lot of people went... Oh, yeah, when all these teenage girls were really sad, they were like, mm, someone left or whatever, something happened. Mm-hmm. And people were really criticizing these young girls and, oh, good a life. And I remember being so angry on behalf of yeah. teenage me. I don't me. think they knew what it was like. like no, all understood. Like, the... Because I remember being twelve, thirteen, and you basically had to choose between, you know, going drinking and doing drugs and having sex with each other, which you know, fine if it's not a problem for them, fair enough, whatever. But like, I remember choosing. <laughs> I remember choosing Westlife, mm. and yeah. it was a different life. Like it was a different thing. But yeah. like, I I don't see it in any. I can see how it's not as cool as yeah. doing all the drugs. Well, but I... like, it's. So- I think a reason, it was an outlet
0: really? for me like it was far less lonely having those people that I could like the the songs that I would immerse myself in you know I I still listen to Darren Hayes on my, with particularly some of his solo stuff from The Tension and the Spark and I just he, his lyrics are amazing and he, even Bob Kevin's is, is amazing too and they just mean so much and there's another Australian singer Genevieve Maynard who her lyrics just mean a, a lot to me and I think I've always wanted to be a writer like them. Like, I'm a different style of writing, obviously, but, you know, and I just saw I saw Ed Sheeran the other day and Missy Higgins, who's an Australian singer, who I used to really like in the early 2000s, was there, and her sing, singing and songwriting is amazing and it reminded me of, like, what it used to be like in 2005 or whatever.
1: How much of it is uh, always, mm. is and always, mm. uh, escapism? Yeah,
0: definitely. And I think the idea that you can now chat to your idols on online you know like Kevin messaged me the other day and it was such a lovely message to say I've seen what's happened and just you know it's uh, and I you know I've talked on his podcast now he's talked on mine and I guess I could call him a friend but I don't want to get too close do you know what I mean yeah Yeah. um (laughs) I yeah and to turn it around and and I, I I guess I'm always I'm really mindful of how I might be perceived but to have that kind of feeling like to have people feeling that about me now in a way is really lovely you know to the recognition that I've received since the show you can't Start, and since being in the media has just been incredible and to have someone stop you on the street instead of saying hey what happened to your face I love your writing is just that's why I was saying before I gave that comedian a compliment and I was a bit like uh oh, when he didn't even acknowledge mm. it Mm. And I always take the time to say, oh, thank you so much. Mm. Sometimes people are asking me to pose for selfies now. And for so long, people didn't want to look at me and didn't, you know, and and couldn't. I mean, it it still happens. But it feels like there's a shift. It feels like people are recognising me for my media, for my work. And that's a really nice thing, Um, you know. Even on the interview of the day, because I post so much fashion, I'm gonna get you to be my Instagram wife soon to take a photo of my outfit. Um, (laughs) But people were texting into the radio, going, "Oh, we see Carly on Instagram. We love her fashion." And you know, when I have, I don't have too many brands send me stuff, but sometimes they get me, you know, send me stuff or repost my clothes or whatever. And that's like, wow, just to have that level of representation is and recognition is really lovely.
1: And, and because you've been a fan girl, you know how yes. to act around people. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I think it's and it's really important to give people the time of day, and you know, to make sure no matter how bad a day I'm having, if they've taken the time to say I really like your work, or can I chat to you, or whatever. And some of them get really excited. It's really it's, and it reminds me of them actually. Like I was saying before, after the after the radio interview the other day, um, I saw this guy Tim Rogers, who's from UMI, and we share the same publisher. And I reckon I went like. Oh, like that in front of him and said, oh, I'm such a fan girl. And I'm just like, Carly, you're 36 years old. Like, what are you doing?
1: I've, I've because of all of this trolling and stuff, there's, I rarely check, I don't really check a lot of messages anymore or emails and a lot of them just go straight to like spam folders. So I don't really get back to people. But then every once in a while when I feel like extra, I don't know, strong or just I have a bit more, whatever, time, <laughs> I'll go in and I'll just like... Even if it's just like sending a heart back. Like, I know yes. it's shitty if you send a long message, but sometimes it's just like, hmm. I've seen your message, I can't reply. <laughs> mm. um, I but,
0: try to reply to everyone, and I've yeah. got a few
1: standard ones and that. Now, I guess... So
0: I'm writing a book and now I'm just like, you know, um, thanks for your message. Um, I'm really slowed under right now. If you want any more information, I'm writing a book. You might be interested oh, in Oh, yeah, that that's a good word idea.
1: Word. But, yeah. What's, how far are you with the book? Is uh, it like something you
0: can plug now? Or? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um,
0: actually, no. Um, no there's been No, I've been trying to collate the media that's happening for the past few days. Uh-huh. And um, when I look on Google, my Carly Finlay book is now... On the Google search yes. like, Oh, yeah good eventually called say hello and basically that is because i 'm uh, before anyone blurts out what they're or i don 't even want anyone to blurt out what they 're thinking about my face, but I just want someone to say hello instead of saying an inappropriate thing you know and it 's not inviting condescension it 's not it 's not just saying hello to random strangers in the street okay. because you think <laughs> you 're doing a good deed it is if you are seeing me in the street and want to talk to me or if you 're seeing me in a meeting room pardon me instead of saying the first thing that comes to your mouth about how I look, it's like, hi. So it's not about condescension. And I think some of the disability community feel that it is. It's inviting condescension. But for me, that's not what I want to do. Anyway, so it's a memoir and it is really hard and I'm really tired and I've got about two months left of writing it. I was wanting to do a lot over this long weekend, but I had not done a thing. Uh, So I'm going to do some tomorrow on Monday. So, yeah. Uh, When's it out? uh, Well, it was meant to be out this year, but um, I just needed more time. And I work about, I don't know, sometimes 50, 60 hours a week with with other stuff. Like all of my stuff, writing, speaking, everything. And so, and then sometimes, some weeks I don't. But I just don't feel like I have time to write this book. Uh, Anyway, so it is no longer going to be out this year it's going to be out early next year
1: which I is I think a it'll relief. be out at the same time as mine mm-hmm. we'll be
0: bookshelf we'll buddies
1: shared book tour Oh, well. Imagine that. Well, it's different I don't parts know whether, of the world, but yeah. I don't know
0: whether my book will be going to, like, overseas yet. I think what happens oh, is so. the rights happen in your country first and then they see how it goes and then, then they publish it overseas.
1: Well, I'm sure it'll end up there.
0: Well, once people have heard this podcast, of course. Of course, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, it's an absolute privilege to be writing a book and it, it's and the, I, one thing I have found is everyone is behind you. Like, well, no, hang on. <laughs> That's not the case. Um everyone at the publisher and yeah, everyone yeah. you talk to is behind you.
1: Yeah. 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 Um i I feel like I've skipped a question before and gone straight to the oh. plugging. But so the, the final question. yeah Um which you oh, listen to, the to the end. The, Yeah, I know. Mm. Yeah, it's a really I have have love a how much chat. we have in common. <laughs> <laughs> We're like a book, let's talk about Um, <laughs> um <laughs> uh, so you've heard the podcast yeah yeah, yeah. so you know, last, you know the last oh you know the yeah. last question so i'll still try and phrase it for those who may not have listened to it yeah yet. so <clears throat> you're in the delivery room mm-hmm. and uh you are holding yourself as a baby you've just been born teeny mm-hmm. tiny carly teeny tiny and carly's crying because it's all very scary the world seems terrifying uh, and you know that the next 36 years of this baby's life it's gonna have a lot of terrifying moments because that's life But she's crying and she's scared and you can say something to her. You can't change the future. You can't change anything. But you can say something that might make her less scared if that's what you want. You can basically say whatever you want to teeny tiny Carly. What would you say to teeny tiny you? Um, That you can be your own hero
0: and that you can, um, you know, it's going to be hard. Sorry, this is about a hundred things. It's going to be hard. Like people are going to be really shit, but you will have a really good life and that you can create the life that you want and you don't have to worry about the people that bring you down and that you'll have an amazing wardrobe and a really good career that's mostly good, mostly good, (laughs) to stay off the internet a bit more than you do, uh, that you will find love um, because that has been something that, you know, I didn't think would happen um, and that your favourite singer will sing at your wedding (laughs) and um, that, yeah, that it will be okay and that you can shape the life that you want and that you'll never have long hair so don't ever try to do it with hair straighteners.
1: (laughs) How much of that do you still need to be told?
0: Uh, Yeah, probably the stay off the internet bit, that people love you, like all of that stuff, yeah. Yeah, to cut down on my wardrobe perhaps. (laughs) (laughs) Nah.
1: I don't think that's enough. I've never corrected anyone before but no, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, i'm not accepting that <laughs> okay. um thank you so much for doing this yes, what uh, apart from the book is there any what was what's the uh well, you know twitter it.
0: handle and all of yeah, that yeah cool i'm um, i write at carlyfindlay.com.au so that's c-a-r-l-y-f-i-n-d-l-a-y and my twitter handle is carly finlay instagram carly finlay and facebook as well cool Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you. It's been so fun. I've like I talked to to you for ages. Well, yeah. <laughs> oh, hang on. I brought Tim Tams.
1: Oh, you brought Tim Tams? Yes. Yes. And they're like <laughs> Australia's national delicacy. I'm very, I'll, uh, I have um, this is such a sad way to end a podcast. I have like acid reflux. Oh. So I'm trying to just only have water today. <laughs> okay. Anyways. Uh, but thank you. Thank you. You can have them while you're here. Yeah, you're not going to take no, me back. No, you're not going to punish I, me, but no, I won't punish you for your acid reflux. <laughs> thank you. No See, problem. that's another episode title. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. And if that was it and you're done now, you can turn off the episode. Skip to another podcast, another episode of this podcast, whatever you want Go live your life, man. <laughs> man, go live your life. If you enjoyed the episode, though, please hang around because I want to talk to you about something. I want to thank you for listening. I want to thank you for giving it a chance, for listening through it. And I want to thank you for supporting the podcast in whichever way you're doing so. There are several ways that you are helping me out. You either support me on patreon.com forward slash Mopad, M-O-H-P-O-D, which is this wonderful website where you, um, you sign up, you become a patron, you decide on a certain amount of dollars, American dollars, that you will want to give per episode. And then you just give them your information and it does everything automatically. So once a month you will give a certain amount of money to uh, to make sure we keep the podcast going and we keep it uh, nice and we get some interesting people and... It's the best thing ever. You can also give uh, a one-off donation on PayPal. Uh, all of that is on the madeofhumanpodcast.com website under donate, I think. And um, all of that helps me so, so much. And I, I do a little squeal every time I see that someone has uh, has chosen to support it. So thank you so much. Another way that you are supporting it is by spreading the word, telling people that the podcast exists. Um I've met some comedians who uh, told me they knew about the podcast from from Twitter or from hearing people talk about it. And that's um, that's really nice. It's so, so lovely. You can also, of course, come to the live shows, madeofhumanpodcast.com, again, for tickets and links and stuff. Another thing that you do, which I find is, um, I don't see that happening a lot with other podcasts. So I'm really proud of this. You tend to tweet or message the guests and thank them for doing the podcast which is so heartwarming and one of the things i appreciate the most it means so much because the guests always come back to me and they're so uh they tell me that i have good listeners and that is like the best that's you're the closest thing i will get to having children so (laughs) so thank you for that um another way you can support me and me, <laughs> me as a comedian and a podcaster is to go to my website, sophiehagen.com forward slash shop, where you can buy, uh, my show, uh, my last year's show, Shimashiata, which is about being an introvert and not really liking people or parties. And that's just five pounds. You can get it like a video. Um, you can either stream or download it, I believe. And, um, Soon, maybe even by the time you listen to this, uh, my new show will come out, Dead Baby Frog, which we recently filmed in front of Made of Human podcast listeners. So that should also end up on com forward slash shop. So you're all helping an incredible amount, and that's keeping this podcast going. It's one of my favorite things to do, so I'm, I really appreciate it. And I have to admit, right now, um, if you feel like you've heard this before, it's because this month is... I mean, so stressful and weird and I'm traveling all over the world and I don't know when I'll get to record again. I don't know when I'll have Wi-Fi again. So this is basically like a collective um, outro that I'm recording now and it will be used in about five different episodes, I think. I am sorry if that feels like I'm cheating a tiny bit. But if it helps in any way, I was going to say the exact same things. Anyways, um, because I mean them and I know I've said just variations of this for... 80 90 episodes now so ooh, what do we do for the 100th episode we should do something for that Ooh, (laughs) sorry that's that's some theory something i should be uh, thinking of and that's not uh, up to you so uh so by that that also means that now i'm going to thank the people who support with more than five dollars because they become like a friend of the podcast so five dollars per episode or more these are friends of the podcast and uh, they get a shout out at the end of um, of the episode. So this is the people who are supporting with more than $5 per episode via patreon.com forward slash Mopart. Uh, On the day that this is recorded. So if you've just become a supporter and a a patron and you don't hear your name, don't worry, you will be mentioned the next time I record an outro. Uh, It's gone through. It's just the way this whole podcasting thing works. Don't worry, just stick to it and you will hear your name. uh, Probably horrifically mispronounced by me. But first, uh, these people deserve a huge, massive thank you for... Keeping this podcast going, for being part of the community, for being just awesome, supportive people. And I'm so proud uh, that I will probably always remember your names uh, because um, I've said them so many times. So thank you, thank you, thank you to kathy Draxelbauer, Robert Knowles, Eve Wingworth, Marnie Biles, Phil Vabalus, uh, Katrine Engelsen, Rachel Furley, Zoe Cumberland, George Pearson, Marbles Laws, Danielle Rowley, Ronya Ronya. Uh, Robert Lee Can, Phil Summer, Cat Posey. Oh, it's Cat Posey. She she's been a guest twice. Nancy Grisdale, Ragdoll, Queen T. Hello, Queen T. Um, Nina Collingwood, Kamaya Overa, Jessica, Sheena Robinson, George Mk. Jane Mahoney, Mansour Mir, Hannah Keel, Helena Thomas, Josie, Lily, Robert Crossland, Harry Minnett, uh, Cecil soon Rachel Hemsley, Maury Fraser, Lucy, Elin Olofsson, Susie Tyler, Rachel Craftman, Kirsten Davidson, Purdy Patterson, Steph Reem, Ruth Harvey, Katie, Katie Hatfield, Robin Kappa, Karen Tretheway, Russell Hughes, Ida syko Inger Inga Ellingsen, K- Caleb M., uh, which is Melchior, but then I couldn't pronounce Melchior, uh, so Caleb changed it because uh, it was a nice thing to do, but now I'm insisting on saying Melchior. Dr. Boda Cycle, that's because people can ch- choose their own names, Uh Emma Chan, Kat Beveridge, um, Emma Walton, and Andy Walker, Geraldo Nascimento, Claire, Danny Beckett, Fiona Richardson, Claire Lamb, Grace Suter, Cat Pillar, Harold Van Dyke, Eleanor, Sarah Ferreira, Ikeseth, and Daniel Riefer-Shade. Oh, love you, love you, love you. I think, Anna, and I, oh, that sounds so blah. I know that's disgusting to be like, oh my God, guys, I just totally love you all. I do. It's it's silly and it's. um. Overly emotional and stuff, but it's. I have a problem with authority. I think it's safe to say. And I think if you even listen to just a few episodes, that will have become very, uh, very apparent. And doing this podcast means that I can do whatever I want, whenever I want, with whomever I want, and I'll release it whenever I want. i It's all my decisions, and I trust that I can make a good product. And I hope you agree with that. I assume that's why you're still listening and why you've decided to support uh what i do and i genuinely appreciate that because i it's it's all i've it's how i prefer to work it's what i want to do so thank you um genuinely and deeply uh and if this is the fifth time you've heard me say this during the fifth episode where i've had to use this i'm sorry i know it sounds a bit hack but um yeah as you're listening to this i might be recording a cool 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 episode with another cool cool person so yeah uh Listen, if you've uh, read through all of this, I um, oh, read through. If you've listened through all of this and you haven't turned it off yet, you you're probably a really cool person. And if you are a really cool, nice, sweet person, uh, I suggest you go to Facebook and you search for uh, a group called the Facebook group for the Made of Human podcast. That is our sort of secret Facebook group. We have I haven't mentioned it on the podcast for almost 60 episodes now because I don't want that many people to join. But I'm just assuming I've now eliminated most people. So go and apply. You have to answer some questions because I really don't want a lot of people to come in. So I am being very strict in terms of who I let in. Because it's such a precious group uh, full of amazing and wonderful people. So if you're still listening and that sounds like something you want to do, try and search for that group. See if you can find it and then apply to get in. And then you might be one of the lucky ones uh, who gets to hang out with all the the core listeners, the super, super cool um And uncool, but in the coolest way, uh, listeners of this podcast. So I'm going to let you go now. I want to thank Sarah Garvey for producing this episode, Bailey Leonard for writing and recording the jingle, to Linda Brinkhouse for the logo, and to the Phoenix Artist Club and Peter Dunbar for letting me record episodes there. I will speak to you next week. Bye. Mm